Welcome to TBT with Grace and Emma, the podcast on the millennial generation and how it came to be. I'm <laughs> I'm Emma and I'm Grace. <laughs> but I'm actually Ebba. <laughs> and yeah, that means millenn- <laughs> Emma's allergies are back. The allergies are back. This week on the pod, we discuss the upcoming reboot of The Hills. We review Forever 21's new crossover line with the U.S. Postal Service. And we take a quick look at the Lyft IPO and what that means for millennials in the gig economy. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy the show. All right. Hey, Emma. Hey, Grace. What you looking at right now? Oh, you know, just a nylon magazine from 2007 with Nicole Richie on the cover. Ooh, what's the tag? What's the ta- a title? I don't have a clue why I'm famous either. Oh, says Nicole Richie in 2007. Got it. Guess what? I think she has a clue now. Probably because she married the guy from Good Charlotte. She has famous parents, and. She was on a reality show for a very significant amount of time. I feel like her her fame now has so like in our understanding of who she is, I think a lot of people have forgotten the sweet or the what was it called? The simple life. Yeah. Don't you think people have yeah. forgotten? Yeah, well she's also like of like an actress now. Is she? Yeah, she's on like TV shows and oh, stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um but the reason why we're looking at this is because I found a whole bag, two bags actually to be exact, of old magazines that I had saved from when I was in high school. What what were you saving them for? I just like to save them. I was saving them for this moment. It's in my <laughs> brain. In 2007, I knew that someday I would have a... A podcast focused on nostalgia from the early aughts, and I knew right. that they would come in handy. I always like knew they'd be wrong. useful. You weren't I know. wrong. I know. What What was it like to like reconnect with them, and what did you what have What have you been able to glean from these old magazines? Well, I've actually only looked at them one at a time. This is the first one that I've pulled out. Okay, to look at. Um, everyone just looks so much younger. Like oh, Nicole Richie yeah. just looks so young in this magazine um also like nylon mag is not necessarily indicative of like everything that was top of mind because it was supposed to be sort of like alt a little bit right right a little hipster um but also like you know people who look cute in the 2000s still look cute now it's true you know like that like yeah times have changed and some of the trends can we talk about that, though, which is the fact that, and this is not any kind of generational idiosyncrasy, like, it's not unique to anybody, but, like, there, some people, I'm speaking about myself, just won't be able to pull off fashions. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then some yeah. people, even, even, like, when they were wearing stuff and we look at the red carpet and we're like, ha, 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 why did you wear a dress over jeans, Anne Hathaway? Anne Hathaway was still hot. <laughs> it you know what that looked like to. for me? Yeah. Looks Probably stupid. not great. Yeah. <laughs> fucking dumb. <laughs> Sorry, baby Grace. Um, it's okay. I guess some people have a bit of a, like, a, 
aesthetic that like suits a time Mm -hmm. like okay maybe you know uh twiggy was like fit the aesthetic of the time but like let's face it twiggy's still hot and some people identify their brand with a certain time. Yeah, yeah. Like Steven Tyler wears the same shit. Oh, that oh he yeah. Wore in the 70s. <laughs> true, Man. He wears bell bottoms to the day he dies. How's your week been? It's been great. Yeah. 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 Traveling. Traveling for work a bit. Um, Traveling for work. Yeah, you know. My brother listened to the pod and he was like, wow, you just sound so incredulous about the concept of traveling for work. And well, I was like, I am. It's Yeah, I mean,. It's still a novelty. Yeah. Right yeah, now, you? right now, Grace is is putting away the <laughs> the yarn associated with her DIY scarf that she's knitting. Yeah. Update. I know everyone was <laughs> wants an update. <laughs> um, we have an exciting agenda today. Yeah. My version of the agenda was inspired primarily by Nicole Richie. Yes. Circa 2007. What a great place to start. What a great place to start. Fun fact about Nicole Richie, she was born in Berkeley, so that's cool. That's super cool. But Nicole Richie, as we know, came like into public consciousness during a time when TV-based celebrities and mm-hmm. reality-based celebrities were really taking the world by storm. As Grace alluded to, she came into the hearts and souls of America on the heels of Paris Hilton yeah. in the show called A Simple Life. Yeah. Did you watch that? I really didn't. Mm. Yeah, did you? Mm-hmm. I did. There was one episode in particular, like the second episode, where they get pulled over in Arkansas or Alabama or something because they have these like external blue lights on their car. Uh-huh. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. But, um, but it made me think about another show yes. that is coming back into... Uh, mainstream TV. Yes. Grace is so excited. <laughs> so jazzed. Um, so, lo and behold, MTV's The Hills is coming back. Emma, how do you feel about what, it? What does that mean? Well, first, let's like remind folks yes. what The Hills is, are, okay. yep. what they are. Yep. The Hills. Okay, so there was a TV show called The OC. I feel like that's kind of where some of this started. Oh, right? that's definitely where it started. So, you well, know, we have to start with it starts with the scripted one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I meant like Misha Barton. Right. Uh, you know, like the scripted Ben McKenzie. Team. Ben McKenzie, thank Adam you. Brody. Yes. How uh, could you forget? I was thinking, the only name I know is Peter Gallagher. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you would be a Sandy fan. I love it. Peter Gallagher played, like, the dad on the show. Yeah. Oh. That's that's my frame of reference. Yeah. You and my mom. <laughs> my you mom know, was like, oh, I love Peter Gallagher. He's a theater star. Yeah. He's, like, a legit actor. Yeah. his. Um, I saw him once in Noises Off. I don't know what that means. It's a great play. Anyway, okay. Um, but also his his version, he was in Guys and Dolls. Oh, was he? Yeah, and uh, so his version of Luck Be a Lady Tonight sticks in my <gasps> mind as a pretty oh. pretty memorable part of my childhood. I feel like he would be like very snappy with it, like Oh, Luck Be a Lady Tonight. That, oh my you god, you nailed it! It is so <laughs> snappy. Um, My friend Sonia, like, literally called me and left me a voicemail that was like, girl, you need to take voice classes because, like, (laughs) clearly you have this, like, need to sing on the pod. Oh, not in, like, a derogatory way. Okay, good. I was going to say, excuse me, Sonia. (laughs) This is my voice class. We're doing the best we can, okay? (laughs) This is my my practice session. 
Okay, so Peter Gallagher. Yeah. So we had okay, the so, OC, yeah, which was on TV Fox. Show. Yeah. Yeah, it was on Fox. So um, then what happened? So then they launched this reality. Like, there was, I think, just sort of this. I mean, the, a simple life or the simple life reflects this too, is sort of. Um, access to this lifestyle that seemed really unfamiliar and so there was this tv show called laguna beach colon the real oc the real oc right we want to know what like teenagers are actually like in the oc and um it started the careers of Kristen cavallari cavallari uh stephen coletti and lauren conrad as sort of the three main characters yep don't forget about jessica jessica low Jason, yeah, Jessica Jason. and Jason were together. Yeah, right? we've talked about them a little yeah. bit on the pod and how Jason looked like he was thirty-five. Yes, when yep. he was like supposedly eighteen. Yeah, Dieter. Okay. I don't know Trey or Tr- <laughs> yeah, right Trey I don't with remember. the hats. Anyway, point is we had this this reality TV show of these teenagers, and it was I think like sort of a f- confirmed all of these sort of notions of what it was like to be this very privileged white teenager in the hills of Laguna, right? Yeah. And um, that inspired, people were so sort of bought into this, but Mm -hmm. obviously you're only in high school for so long. They wanted to follow the story of Lauren Conrad as she um, goes to college Mm -hmm. in L.A. Do you remember that she started in San Francisco? Oh, right. She actually started at Academy of Art University in SF. Oh, right. And then, like, immediately transferred to the fashion. I can't remember the school. Fashion Institute of Technology. Is that FIT in LA? Anyway, she doesn't graduate, does she? She's just there for a little bit. I feel like. Yikes, I can't remember. Oh, Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising, FITM. Oh, yeah. She went to FITM. FITM, right. Okay, and so then we had The Hills. Um, which introduced us to Audrina Patridge, mm-hmm. or Partridge. Um. <laughs> I think Patridge, but... Patridge. <laughs> Actually, Patridge looks like Partridge. <laughs> it's true. Um, Hall, uh, Heidi Montag, mm-hmm. uh, Spencer Pratt, Stephanie Pratt. Whitney Port. Brody Jenner. Yeah. Like, this whole cast of, again, like... Uh, Justin Bobby, sorry, yeah. and and Low from from, yep. the Laguna Beach as well. Yep. But so and J- Jason as as well. So it sort of follows Elsie on her journey. Yep. Um, and again, I think it, there was such it, it it was so popular. Why, yeah. Why was it Emma? So popular. Yeah. Why did why was it so good? I mean, because of the same way that people are like obsessed with celebrity yeah that's like it was the first time that celebrity wasn't defined by like being an oscar winning actress right. celebrity was being defined by people who were like conceivably much more within reach yeah like lauren conrad didn't do anything right. to become famous right. other than get a camera crew to follow her around right. and like be thin and blonde and right. start having sex at a relatively young age and have parents that bought her a convertible when she was 16 right and so it like in the same way I think that we see like Instagram celebrity like this was kind of like the advent of yeah. celebrities as being like quote unquote real people who like you could actually conceivably emulate. Right. You didn't need to be Charlie Theron. Yeah, yeah, totally. Right. That's so true. Yeah. And then, you know, there was the city. Mm-hmm. Um 
ultimately the cast shifted a little bit. The city was the spinoff of The Hills. Yeah. The so The Hills Whitney was the spinoff of The Real O.C. and The City was the spinoff of <laughs> The Hills. Of The Hills. Yeah. And Whitney Port went to New York. Yeah. Yeah. And started interning at Diane von Furstenberg. Yep. Wow. Wow. What a roller coaster that was. So- no kidding. And so now they're the a lot of the original cast actually, including Audrina Patrick Partridge. I don't know. The fuck. I don't um know. Justin Bobby, Heidi Montag, Spencer Pratt. Um It's Patridge. Patridge, There's right? There's no R. Okay. I'm so glad. Audrina Patridge. Yep. Um and this is the fucking cl- oh Brody Jenner, right? Isn't yeah. he in it? Uh, Jason something and fucking Misha Barton right that to me is the like such I think that is so clever from MTV's perspective to bring that full circle yep yep yeah exactly I think it's like it's like the melding of worlds brings this new element of like Misha Barton who played a fictional character on the OC is now on the real OC, she is like right. going to be Misha Barton, right? And it's interesting because, like, she's really faded in celebrity. Mm-hmm. The height of her celebrity was attached to the real to the OC, right? Right. Um, but now she's going to become as accessible, right? As uh, Audrina Patridge is, right? Right. And accessible in quotations. Totally. Totally. Um, so one thing that Emma, so Emma found this, I've seen a ton of publications on it. Like I, I was showing Emma actually Cosmo this month has the cast on the cover. I think Vogue did an, a spread on them as well. Um, Emma found this, uh, this article with, um, by Elliot David in interview magazine online. And one thing that I found really, really interesting that Heidi Pratt actually, or Heidi Montag, or Nay Montag, Heidi Pratt says, um, people don't treat reality television like they used to. Now everybody has their own reality show on Twitter, Instagram, and other social media platforms where they can edit themselves. Almost everyone is a reality TV star. Yep. On this podcast, we actually, uh, what is the word? Oh, God. Ascribe? Cut cut it. No. (laughs) Cut the snot. Um... (laughs) On this podcast, we actually elevate the words of Heidi Pratt. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's happening. <laughs> that wasn't the goal of this podcast. Okay, but she is so right. Come on. Not a new idea, but fine. Not a okay. new idea, but fine. 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 Okay, another thing I just want to pull from this article that Justin Bobby says that I think sums up why Justin Bobby is fucking Justin Bobby. He yeah. says, I'm going to say it like him. The biggest question I used to get all the time was, is it real? And I'm like, it's as real as you want it to be. Which I think, uh, aside from being the deeply pretentious answer I would have thought Justin Bobby would give to a question, um, the huge thing about the TV show was, in its conclusion, it alludes to the fact that so much of it was scripted. Yeah. I mean, these people didn't actually have even... Like, Heidi Pratt didn't even have the job that she was allegedly, like, working at. The fights were were shot s- several times so that they could get it right. Um, people created... Like, Spencer Pratt was paid a lot of money 
to stir up drama. Like, I'm not saying he's a good person, but he got paid a lot of money to be the villain. Yeah. Right? Um, And so uh, reality TV has a tremendous asterisk on it. And it's interesting to hear them talk about on this new episode, or sorry, it's it's called Hills, colon, The Beginnings, uh, which is their reboot, that there's all of this conversation amongst them about, like, just being yourself and, like, having, showing more authenticity and, you know, we're parents now and, like, they feel different. It's just so fascinating to me that there's this uh, almost suggestion that this new iteration will actually be some kind of reality Right, they have to, like, level up because everyone knows it's a farce. Right. It's like when we didn't actually realize that Britney Spears was lip-syncing the whole time. Right, right, right. And now we know, and it's like, okay, well, we can just, like, take it as it is. Right. Because, like, now at least we know what's authentic. Right, right. Even if it is, like, lip-syncing. Right. And, like, yeah. I think what's going to be interesting is identifying why people will care. Besides nostalgia. Right. If, like, we're watching reality TV that we know is scripted. Right. Even if they say that it's authentic, on what premise do we have to believe them? Right. And then why why is this going to, like, like, how is this horse going to separate itself from the pack? Yeah. Especially because reality TV just doesn't, we've gone back to scripted TV. Right. In a way. Totally. Like, Netflix and Hulu, like, yeah, they have some reality TV elements that are taking the world by storm, like Queer Eye. Marie Kondo, like, those have been successful And even, like, Dating Around. Dating Around. Did you see that? No. Oh, it's like a dating show that Netflix created. Right. Yeah. But, like, there's also just, like, a movement, I feel, back towards scripted TV. Totally, totally. I'm trying to untangle my hair tie from my (laughs) hair. It's disgusting. It's a knot! Um, Cool, so yeah. But that's, to me, like, to me, this recalls the Backstreet Boys getting back together, right? Like, I'm going to pay a ticket to go see the Backstreet Boys because nostalgia is that powerful of a driver of consumption. Yeah. You know, like, if Isaac had just sent me the link to those Spice Girls lollipops, I maybe would have paid for it. Like, the the driver for us is, you know, it's so powerful that we will pay money for that kind of feeling. Yeah. Like, reminding us of, of that. So I can actually really understand why people are so excited about The Hills. Yeah. Um, being relaunched. Because because it reminds us of, like, sitting around with, like... I watched the the the, oh, the Laguna Beach with my brother. Aww. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Do you have a Hills-related quiz? I, I most certainly do. Can we do it? I've been waiting. I watched Grace prepare this. I kept giggling to myself. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Well, because, wow, the show yeah. was was such good drama. Okay. So good. Also, um, just before we begin, I just want to say to the listeners, I'm so sorry. The allergies are back. I'm pretty sure it's seasonal allergies. I went for this amazing bike ride today, but I think along the way, just lots of pollen yeah. got in my nasal passage. So... Apologies for the sniff, the sniffles, but at this point, you all should come. Right, <laughs> they're part of what makes us quirky and fun, right? Give us a five star rating. Mention the sniffles. It's a, it's we have three hosts really. You, me, and your your phlegm. Oh, okay, God. 
Um, so we'll, some of these are about like what was happening in real life. Some of them are okay. about um, what happened on the show. And then we're going to round it out with some uh, more subjective Ooh. questions for you. Okay. okay. Um, so here's a fun question. Yeah. Who's the only character slash person to appear in all of the episodes? Of the Hills? Yep. Whoa. No. Whoa! Elsie. Oh. <laughs> no. No, oh, I was going to say Lo. Is it Kristen? No. Oh, fuck. She's not on that one. Is it Heidi? No. <gasps> Is it fucking Spencer? Nope. Oh. Is it the dog? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm talking about the Hills. Yeah, yeah, Every yeah. Every episode of the Hills. Every episode of the Hills. What? Every episode this person's on. It's the oh, only other person you have to guess. Is it Whitney? It's Audrina. No way. Yeah, she's the only one that lasted like the entire show. Oh, wow. Good for her. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Audrina and Justin Bobby at one point break up, right? Many and Elsie is comforting her. They're like on a couch on the beach. What's the. And Audrina is like crying and is upset, but they're like, you know, supporting each other because friendship. Yep. What's the reason? That Elsie gives Audrina for why she was a bad match with him anyway. Is this multiple choice? Nope. It's a quote that she says. Our zodiac signs weren't compatible. Oh, that's a good guess. The answer is, quote, homeboy wore combat boots on the beach. <laughs> oh my god, I remember <laughs> that episode. Oh man. That's funny. Um, who was Brody Jenner famously dating before... Somewhat during and after the TV show. Caitlin. That girl, Caitlin. No. I mean, maybe. But, oh. But this person didn't appear on the show. I, I wrote here, punk princess. Was it Avril Lavigne? Yes. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yep. What singer does Audrina date on the show? Oh, this I know. Ryan Cabrera. Yes. And all of his spiky hair. Oh, his spiky hair is after Ashley Simpson, I believe. Yeah, this is after her. Cool. Uh, speaking of reality TV, didn't they have a show together? Yeah, my she autobiography. Did. Yeah. <laughs> What's the club they're always going to in LA? Oh my God, I can't remember. Le Deux. <laughs> what? Le Deux. Like L E D E A U X. L E S. Oh. D E U X. Right. Le Deux. Wow. Le, but I think they call it Le Deux, right? Le Probably. Deux. Um, okay, here's where we get subjective. Okay. What's the worst dude LC dates on the show? Uh, and this is including Laguna Beach. Okay. Steven? <laughs> Jason? <laughs> or Brody? Brody. Why is he the worst? Because, like, Steven is annoying, but he's, like, in high school. Yeah. And Jason's annoying, but ultimately they break up because they're, like, long distance or whatever. And, like, Jason can't get his shit together. Yeah. But Brody should know better, and he's just, like, a fucking <laughs> mess. Wow. Okay. I would have said Jason. Why? That guy was the fucking worst. Yeah, he did suck. He would, like, discourage her from doing her own thing. Oh, yeah, that was true. Pretty not cool. I mean... That's why it's the word. It's there's not a good choice maybe here. Although yeah, Stephen Coletti, yeah, this is good. Um, most importantly, yeah. What did Heidi do that she knows what she did, but doesn't say on the show? 
Emma, what did she do? Do you know what I'm talking about? When Elsie's like, you know what you did. Okay, don't look at me with the blank stare. This is like the most pivotal moment of the entire series. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where they're like drunk at a, at a bar and she's yelling like, you know what you did. She like told Spencer something about Elsie. Yeah. It's sex tape. Well, like, we no one, sorry, I failed. No one knows. It's like the continued question mark of the show. Like, it's never revealed yeah, what but it, they were even fighting about. Yeah, but isn't it the sex tape? That Spencer said that Elsie had a sex tape? Something like that? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Let's look up the sex tape. I can't believe how much my allergies are back. Do you want to hit pause and get a tissue? Yeah. Okay. Back. <laughs> Over the break, we did confirm that there was a dra- there was drama about a rumor yeah. that Elsie and Jason made a sex tape. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure. I didn't realize it was with Jason. I had no idea. Yeah, thanks, E! Online. Well, that solves that mystery for me. Pew, pew, pew! Also, I do want to give a shout-out, if that's all right with you, to my friend Jenny, who's been on the podcast, because she and I have always been Hills fans uh, and rewatched it together in college and uh, are both been texting a lot about this reboot. Oh, <laughs> Jenny. Jenny. I tell you, Jenny's got her ear to the ground. She sounds like it. Yeah. All right. Um, that was fun. Is there, is that the end of the quiz? Yes. Cool. All right. So we have another interesting new update. Yeah. Which is Forever 21 and the United States Postal Service, known for its founding, founding by Ben Franklin, uh, are doing a partnership in which Forever 21 is creating street athletes. What do they call it? Streetwear? Street athlete wear? Athletic wear? That's branded. Yeah. Let's see. That's branded with postal service stuff. It's so to to okay so it 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 hopes apparently to build brand awareness among a younger audience. They specifically call out millennials. Yeah, I think this is incredible for Why? a number of reasons. Why? One, because these clothes like there's like there's a clutch that looks like a package <laughs> from the post office. Um, so I just think like it's such it's so literal. Yeah. That to me is the crazy thing. Like the outfits themselves look like you are either a package or an employee of the US Postal Service, which I just think is so incredible. Two, I think that it's such a fascinating revenue stream for the post office. Like I wonder who on their team was like, here's an opportunity to boost brand awareness that also appeals to a, to like an audience that we're trying to target? Like, why does the U.S. Postal Service want to target a younger audience with this line of clothing? I wonder if it's to encourage people to send more mail. Like, yeah. what a fascinating way to encourage people to, to, to send mail. Yeah. And there was an interesting take from New York Magazine that was like, 
this is like elitist that like mm. we're starting to profit off of um, more like traditional companies without actually like utilizing oh. those entities. But here's my rebuttal to that. I think that to me, a lot of this falls more into the like nostalgia sells mm. category. Although it is important to note that the U- the USPS is a, is a very prominent employer of people of color and specifically black Americans. And they have been terminating a lot of their employees huh. in recent years because of like competitors like Amazon. Oh, sure. Et cetera. Yeah. I mean, I actually disagree only in that, like on the, the um, elitist argument. I actually see this as like people want to so, like we talk so much about brand and like personal brand and how you how important people feel it is to um, uh, showcase their association with things like like you might buy a swell water bottle. One example that like someone at my company mentioned, like they gave students swell water bottles to make them feel like they were associated with this more elite brand like I'm wondering if it's a play of the post office to actually elevate their brand to something that has a higher status yeah like this, this is actually a play to say it would it's cool to have to show like to represent our brand and this has some kind of cap like social capital associated with it yeah and from a really practical standpoint I want to say that this morning I Went to my mailboxes at my new apartment because I was supposed to get an Amazon Prime delivery of a book, which, like, fool me once, shame on me in this instance. I know that's not how this thing goes. Because the package had been opened and the book was gone. Yeah. And I was thinking to myself, wow, this is really, like, a not secure way to leave a package. And Mm. then I realized it's because Amazon Prime doesn't have the key to my mailbox, so they couldn't put it in my mailbox. But you know who does have the key? Is the postal service person. Right. So therefore, it just made me sort of like reinvest value in just using the postal service because yeah. it is in many ways an excellent system. It's yeah. just also like been outpaced <laughs> yeah. by Prime and um, other delivery services. Yeah, and almost, you know, in the in the nostalgia vein, because when you first said that, Emma, honestly, I was like, nostalgia? I mean, it's not like the postal service doesn't exist anymore. But, like, how many young people, like, I'm, I'm not talking about necessarily millennials, because I, like, I feel like I have intimate familiarity with the post office, but how many young people are sending and receiving mail through the post office? Does Gen Z even know what it's like to go stand in line at the post office and pick up your mail that you put on hold for three weeks while you were on vacation? Probably not. But but more to do with, like, they don't have those kinds of responsibilities yet, well, I would argue. Well, I went with my parents. I'm oh, speaking yeah. more about, like, yeah, no, memories from childhood. That's very true. That I don't know. But I, I think as we... as we age or really have responsibilities that require us to go to the post office. Um, I don't know. I just, I wonder what even with the advent of prime and, and um, more things just being digitized. So there's a little less need to send and receive paper items. Um, what, what kind of associations younger people have, even, even young millennials. 
yeah. with the post office. It's a good that, question. That they would want to partner with Forever 21. Well, for some, <laughs> right. And for some, it might be a nostalgia thing. For others, it might be a symbolic thing. Mm. But I don't know. I'm not that cynical about it because I do think that something about it to me more aligns with profiting off the nostalgia of people who have interacted with this institution for mm-hmm. a large part of their life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm on board. I'm going to get myself a, a priority mail crop top for sure. I mean, I'm kind of into it too. Should we get them and take yeah. pics for the next epi? There we go. Done. I kind of want to briefly, I just feel like this is kind of a millennials in the news, but we can do it, uh, do it a little bit more rapid fire. So we'll basically, millennials in the news. In the news. But it's rapid, so we have oh. to say it faster. Oh, millennials in the news. <laughs> um, so as many people know, um, Lyft went public, making its millennial founders particularly rich people and a lot of a lot of folks in SF in particular just became millionaires overnight. Um, What's going to happen? So that's fun for for us. Um, that was sarcasm. I've been watching a lot of Friends, so I feel like my Chandler's coming out. Um, so it just made me think about like uh, the gig economy and how I would I will say I looked into it because I wanted to to see what kind of generations were leading the way in founding a lot of these gig economy, like TaskRabbit or Grubhub or those types of companies. A lot of it is like uh, a young Gen X folks. Yep. Um, Although some of these, some of these companies are are older millennials as well. Um, But I just find it fascinating how, how much our generation is being shaped by the gig economy. And now we're also, like we have individuals who are like a small number of individuals benefiting so so much from this movement. Yep. Um, and I just want a couple of facts. So according to Brad Smith, who's the CEO of Intuit, um, in 2017 he said the gig economy in the U.S. is now estimated to be about 34 percent of the workforce, and expected to be 43 percent by the year 2020. So uh, that is going from a third to <laughs> like like uh 40% like that's a Almost lot. Half. Um and I will say I also wonder um how much the gig economy is folks sole employment versus complementary employment to what they're they're working in um to supplement their their traditional income. Um Harvard Business Review reported that 150 million workers in North America and Western Europe like Interesting that they chose those two geographical areas, Harvard Business Review, um, but uh, they're now engaged as independent contractors. I know that, like, folks that I, I know it's not so uncommon for folks to also just be contract workers. So the the scale of employment goes from like being an Uber driver to actually um, being high level individuals at a company. So it's it, it ranges in pay scale. But it is really interesting this shift that we have in our in our workforce, um, and I just thought you know, noteworthy that some millennials are the ones that are benefiting tremendously, as well as meant most of uh, most folks are sort of really reevaluating 
what um, work even looks like. Yeah. The only thing I have to add to that is just like, how are we having conversations between the people who are profiting off of the gig, gig economy and the people right. who are participating? Right. Because and and this is not necessarily a generational divide. Right. Um, but let's not forget the fact that before Lyft went public, there was a lot of Lyft drivers protesting outside of their building in SF, saying that you all have continued to make this job worse for us as employees. Um, and let's not forget that like you do owe us something as individuals that work for your company. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The millennials are becoming billionaires. Yeah. Was that word millionaires or billionaires? I don't know. (laughs) Hard to say. Probably a little bit of both. Probably a little bit of both. Um, Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. Rapid fire. Millennials in the news. Rapid fire. Pew, 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 pew. All right, are you ready for TBT? I'm so ready. Can I blow my nose first? Yeah. Great, thanks. But I'm going to record it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> ready. TBT. TBT. Hey. Hey. You ready? Yeah. Do you want to go first? I want you to choose... What do you mean? Do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Don't do this. Okay, I'll go first. Great. The listeners are like, just someone. No. <laughs> um, my TBT this week is to the incredible comedic stylings of the cast of all that. <gasps> all that. All this is all that. This is all that. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the career spun off by that show. Okay? Wow. You got just... your Amanda Bynes. Wait, wait, wait. Let's oh. just talk about the show. Okay, I'm going to get there. Okay. But Sorry. I'm just saying, like, what made the show so great is this. It, actually, you know what? You're so fucking right. Let's talk about the show at first. What was the show? Oh, it's a TV show. <laughs> it was Sorry. a sketch comedy show on Nickelodeon. Sorry, I didn't realize you were saying, like, let's contextualize what the fuck it is. Okay, all that was a show on Nickelodeon. That had a cat. It was like SNL for younger people. Kids. <laughs> yeah. Kids. So it was sketches, like short sketches, some with recurring characters. Yep. Um, it had a cast of probably like 12, maybe. No idea. No idea how big the cast was. Um, but let's, let's, let's not forget it launched the careers of... Amanda Bynes, Woo! fucking comedic genius. Yeah, she really was. Um, Keenan Thompson. Yep. Uh, Who is now on Real SNL? Real SNL. What I think he has one of the longest yeah. running careers on the show. Yeah. Um, but remember when he was like in a bathtub and was like speaking French? Okay, he so he had this French character where he would like be in a bathtub and he. Do you know what I'm talking about? And you always be like, Zut <laughs> That sounds amazing. Oh, God, it was so good. And then we had, um, what was her name? Lori. Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay, so I, like, did not get to watch it that much because I didn't have cable. Oh, Lori Beth Denberg. And there were some other folks on it, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. Kel Mitchell, obviously. Yep. And also, like, without that, we wouldn't have Keenan and Kel. Right. Another brilliant 
brilliant show. Anyway, all that spectacular show. Take it away. What's your TBT? Oh, my TBT was inspired by my 2007 nylon bag. Oh, yeah. In which they highlighted the jean brand Seven for All Mankind, which was a premium denim jean brand. Mm-hmm. And the TBT here is specifically for premium denim, which I feel like had a moment in the sun when, like, the label on the back of your jeans meant so much. Like, whether you were wearing Seven jeans or Hudson denim, does any of this ring a bell? Wow, both of our, your... our TBTs are really missing each other. Did this not happen for you? Um, No. Okay. I mean, I, I, I'm sure that, that it, was, it there was some element there. Or like, like Diesel. No. None of those brands. Wow. I'm telling you, all I can think of, like, when I'm thinking of it is, you know, Echo jeans. No, that I mean, but these were like $100 jeans that you got when you were, like, in middle school, which was completely inappropriate. Right. Or high I don't school. think I had that. <laughs> and, and I be, did not have those around me. And to be clear, I did not own them either, mostly because, like, in an allusion to one of our earlier episodes, I, like, did not have the sizing that they, like, oh, yeah, sure, aspired sure. for you to have. But I do remember, like, people wearing seven jeans and it being, like, a huge deal. And how big, like, the label of your denim was mm. and how important that was. And, like, now I just feel like we've moved on. Hopefully. Oh. Oh, come on. Brand still still reigns. No, I mean in terms of denim itself specifically. Yeah. Does it? Like, do people still look at the back of people's jeans and say, like, oh, those are Hudson jeans? I think you're right. I don't think people do. Or, like, Joe's jeans. Those were big. Do you remember those? No. Wow. We really had different... Yeah. Pathways through Gdom. Okay. Yeah. There's my TBT. Wait. Listeners, let me know if you relate because Grace does not. Yeah, we're going to put a poll out whose TBT was <laughs> more isolated. Like yeah. right. Well, I'm happy that you had that nostalgic moment. Thank you. And I'm happy that I had that nostalgic moment. Yeah. I'm happy for both of us. You too. I'm happy for our listeners. Thanks. Thanks again for another great episode. Yeah, thank you all for listening. See you in a fortnight. See you in a fortnight.